Welcome to Anything But Routine. We want to wish our listeners a happy holidays from all of us at Just For Kicks. This holiday season, we hope you enjoy a time of joy, peace, and good health. Now, let's get to the podcast. This is Cindy Clow with Just for Kicks, and today I'm going to be talking about coaching a few different aspects of getting your kids to uh, respect you and work hard for you. So, credible coaches earn their respect. So, it's not given to you. Respect is not something that'll be given to you. You earn it. And I feel you earn it by the way you respect your kids, your dancers, and your athletes. By the way, you nurture them and respect them, they will work harder for you. And I always kind of try to operate by the golden rule. You need to be honest and trustworthy. They need to know they can trust you. And you can't be afraid to show your kids you care. Be genuine and inspiring in your approach and the big thing here is be you. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be another coach because that person is doing it. That that position is taken. So try to be you so they, they know what to res- the, that they're going to get from you. And the best way to help your dancers develop their true potential. So that's that's a topic. So how do you get them to develop their true potential? If you want, I already said this once, but if you want them to give their very best to you, they need to trust you. They need to know that you're going to be the same kind of coach every day, that you're going to show up and you're going to work hard for them. Athletes consciously or subconsciously say or think, can I trust you? Do you know what you're talking about? Are you committed to excellence? Do you care about me? And in regard to do you know what you're talking about, do you? You know, I think about myself when I first started in this uh, coaching of dance we were primarily kick. And I always say I learned everything ass backwards. I was not ballet trained in the beginning. I was not, um, the, I didn't need the technical side because back then it was arms and kicks and palms. It wasn't like it is now. But I had to go back to school. I had to learn. And think about this. Have you upped your game? Are you continually learning? There, right now, compared to when I started, there is so much on YouTube and online that you can learn basically anything you want to learn. So you just need to keep raising the bar on what you know, because kids will know if you can take them as far as they can go. I remember I used to be a twirler and I had a teacher in my hometown and I got to the point where I was as good as her, which was, you know, I'm not knocking her or anything, but finally I had to I had to go elsewhere, like drive to another town to learn because I needed to keep raising my game. You know, so think of ways that you can learn and go watch another practice. We had a whole team come watch our practice the other day and it was great and and it worked both ways. It inspired our kids because I told my assistant coaches, we should bring a team in every day to watch because they seem to like care a little more and never stopped working hard because someone was watching them. And I think my kids work pretty hard most of the time. So just ask yourself that question. Can you take your dancers as far as someone else could? And if you cannot, surround yourself by 
great coaches in the area that you're not great in. Like ballet, for example, we have a ballet teacher. And my, my daughter is very good at ballet too. It, you know, and one of my other assistant coaches, phenomenal. So surround yourself by people that balance you. So depending what you're doing, if it's studio or high school coaching, if you're not a tapper, you got to get a great tap teacher in there to teach. Or if you can't do hip hop, you got to get a great hip hop teacher. So just keep asking yourself, can you take your dancers as far as someone else could? And try to be honest with that answer. So next, if you earn their respect, they will give you the most important ingredient they have, which is their hearts. And if you earn, leadership is really not about, okay, this is a quote by Stephen Young from San Francisco, 49ers, QB. Leadership is really not about leading people. It's about getting people to follow you. And people gravitate towards you know, you can't say, okay, everybody follow me. People gravitate towards natural leaders or leaders who have developed the skill of, of being worthy of being followed. That's how you get people to follow you. Be worthy of being followed. Earning respect is not the same as getting kids to like you. Getting everyone to like you and support the decisions you make is a virtually impossible attack possible task that goes for kids and parents. I repeat, getting everyone to like you and support the decisions you make is virtually impossible. Since you cannot please everyone, you need to focus on making sound decisions that will be in the best interest of your team. And that is a tough one. Like sometimes when you have to bench a kid or or someone's not at the standard that you want for your team, you have to maybe think of the other 23 kids or 24 kids, depending on your number, obviously. You can't just think of that one kid because sometimes it pulls on our heartstrings. But one of the things that we have hanging in our office at our school is the standard is the standard. And kids, our team has a certain standard and our studio has a certain standard. Kids, you know, if you're going to be on the elite team, the standard is the standard and we will not waver from that standard. So think about that when you're making your decisions. Think about the entire team, not just one or two kids. When you become known for sound decision making, you will earn the respect of your parents and your team. you need to learn to make tough calls and and you need to be decisive. Sometimes you need, you can mull things over, but a lot of times you have to be decisive and go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about this right now? And make those tough decisions that you have to make. So focus on teamwork. What it's, what sets a lot of teams and studios apart from each other. And you got to watch what you say, I use the word we a lot. I learned this from another coach that make everything a we project, not instead of saying, you got to quit dropping your heel. You can say, we got to figure out a way to keep your heel up. I've been thinking about you. We got to figure this out. So make you're in on it. Then they know that you care. So there's so many great ways to say things. You don't have to ever be negative. So rather than this is what you need to fix, or you're going to get pulled if you don't fix this. So bring yourself into it and say, we need to figure out a way to get you pointing those feet. How can I help you? So get inspired. Um, if Bring something new to the table, get re-inspired. You have to be excited. You know those days when you have something new 
you are so much more excited to go to practice. If I have a new drill or a new new move to do, I'm way more excited to go practice. One of the things I tell my kids that I need to tell myself as well is get out of your comfort zone. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Change it up, you know, to make class fun, new music, stations, guest guest teachers, you know, if it's your high school team, alumni day where people come in and watch. One of the things that I, I think I'm good at as a coach is speeding up speed of teaching. I push hard to get everything done I need to get done. And my kids are kind of known for learning fast. I kind of have a so much to do, so little time attitude. But sometimes I have to get um, scolded by my assistant coaches that, you know, we got to go back and and fix things if we don't learn them right. So don't go too fast, you know. But, but I think so many people take so long to do anything do things at practice. And one of the things I'll use for an example is the arm, are the arms liquid going up or are they straight? And some people will spend, you know, they keep debating it back and forth. I'm very decisive when it comes to that. Who cares? Let's do it liquid. Here we go. We, we don't belabor something that doesn't matter. Focus on the big things. So being organized um, with your warmups and Although, you know, have a chart so you keep everything you've ever done in, in a charter book so that you can be really effective with what you're doing with your warm-ups. So too much ego will kill your talent. I'm going to say that again. Too much ego will kill your talent, either by the coach or by the kids. So when you're competing, watch your ego especially as a coach, watch that. Because sometimes, you know, I'm thinking studio right now. We've all had that class where you want to stand up and and shout to the crowd, by the way, I do know what I'm doing, but this class is particularly particularly tough. And, you know, maybe your C-level class or, or a class that just, you just don't have shining stars in it. Let go of your ego and love those kids, no matter what they're doing. Don't let your ego show, you know, Love those kids no matter what. And I think a lot of a lot of coaches and studio teachers let their ego predict or you know how they're gonna treat the kids. You know, if the kids do really bad and they lose, they go back and punish them and whatnot. I you're in on that. If a class if a class doesn't do well, it's on you too. That's another we project. So just think about that. Don't ever blame. So details. The next thing I want to talk about is details. I think that was one of my original things I figured out. Details are your best friend. Expect more than you think your kids can do, and they are going to surprise you. And don't settle. Don't settle for things not being how you want them. Even from a young age, you can teach poise and confidence and how to carry their shoulders and how to perform. Be over the top with details. Like... I'm trying to think um, how your arms come up in a prep for a turn. Are they all the same? Are they on time? Are they timed? Like a lot of times I'll watch teams and I'm I'm totally critiquing them. Well, this wasn't together. This wasn't together. That wasn't together. Critique your team. Break it down. Measure by measure. Beat by beat. Where's the head? Where's the arms? Where's everything? So that it is the same. Notice everything and pay attention to everything. So thinking about competing Competition jitters are a real thing. And ask yourself if your classes or teams compete as well as they practice. 
we just went to our conference meet this week and I had one of our uh, male dancers, he was kind of having a, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. And I said, you know, you have nothing to be nervous about because you practice right. And when you get there, you just keep doing what you already did. And we always laugh that our ballet teacher, um, Carlos, he's Romanian and he's just funny, but he's always like, it's not different the day of the competition. You go to the refrigerator, you open the door, you get the milk out, you pour it in a glass and you drink it. It's not like on competition day, you go, oh my gosh, I have to open the refrigerator. I have to get the carton of milk. No, just it's routine. It's how you practice. I feel the kids that are most prepared for their competition are the ones who kill it at practice. They push hard. They're always raising the bar. And, you know, I I hear some kids say, well, I don't, I can't do facials at practice. I can't perform at practice. I'll do it at the competition. Then I'm like, well, you're not going to be competing for us because we do it at practice because I can't, I need to know you're doing it right. That's such a big part of our score. So um, one of the high school coaches, I got to read this here. She said, quit treating the kids like babies. She wasn't impressed with some of the kids that she watched because they didn't know their routines because the teacher had to sit up front. This was more younger class. But, you know, treat them older and they are going to act older or they're going to know it better. Wean themselves off you in that situation at a competition. But I want to go back to like coaching high schools. You have to coach the mindset of the kids. You know, we compete constantly with a team named Sertel and they're very good. And just yesterday they won kick and we won jazz. And a lot of times we're back and forth. I feel they probably beat us a lot more than we beat them. Not lately, maybe. But but anyway, they raised the bar for us. And I tell our kids that. You know, if we didn't compete against them, we wouldn't be as good as we are. So honor that and realize, you know, if you don't win one day, when we were getting ready to leave, I said, how did we do last year at this meet? I couldn't even remember. So... Winning isn't always the end all. It's it's going for it and trying your hardest. Yeah, absolutely. You want to try to win, but it doesn't affect your self-worth. It shouldn't affect your team's self-worth when they don't have a win because you're not defined by every single win. It's how you went out there and performed and, and how you prepared. So just think about that with competition jitters. Keep the day the same. Don't start new rituals that day. It's got to be like they know what they're doing. I know I've listened to some, a uh, long time ago, some podcasts on the Olympics and Olympic performers rehearse crowd noise, seeing somebody in the stands that's going to make them nervous, like their mom or you know a judge or whatnot. You have to rehearse that at your practice. And my quote that I always say is, work so hard that when you get to the competition, you've already been there mentally. It's a good way to think about it. So think, now I just want to talk parents briefly, but think about exceeding their expectations. Now I'm more talking studio than high school. Consider doing conferences with parents. We've done this with high school and studio. So a a child, it's their child. They have every right to ask you questions. It keeps you in check. And when you do a conference, it lets parents see the whole side of it. We'll do it with video, and we can show them where their child is off. It lets them know you care and know what you're talking about. And it also makes them feel you are being fair. So just 
realize that they are not the enemy. And sometimes we get defensive and we have a tough time. You know, I think the older you get, the better you get at that. But when you're young and somebody questions you, it's like, oh my gosh, this is keeping you up all night. You know, realize that call them. You'll do way better calling them than emailing because you, they can't feel your emotion. And the other thing that, that I've learned to do is if I have, if I know a parent like is maybe going to be upset because we unfortunately had to take their child out of the lineup, I usually call them because then I'm on the offense rather than waiting till they've written that email for 20, you know, we have a 48 hour rule. We like them to wait, but rather than they get that anger out, go ahead and call them. So you can be on the offense and you can have a list of what you want to talk about. It's a smart thing. I know one of my mentors, a football coach, you know, he always tells a story about he had a parent going, wondering why their kid wasn't being a QB and why he didn't get in the first, you know, he was maybe second man or whatever. And he goes, yeah, let's go out and co- I want to talk to you. Let's go out and talk, talk. Let's have coffee. And he makes it so you're very approachable. And that's just something to think about is they have every right to worry about their child. So that's about it on this. I just was trying to give you some ideas on being a better coach. And believe it or not, I was just not prepped for this at all. I decided to do it on the fly. So I hope this helped you today. Go on and take on the day. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to Anything But Routine. Happy holidays, and we'll see you next time.